0: Hello, you are listening to Lenny Guerin and the voice of the soul sending you messages of empowered living. Today is January 2nd, 2018. This topic is a clean slate. Dealing, of course, with New Year and what it means to me And to those close to me and those that understand the spiritual wisdom that brings us to a place where we can be empowered to make changes, to grow, to move through difficulties, and to reach the other side, sometimes not unscathed, but at least filled with some type of hope. 2018 seems like a very big number like a sci-fi number. The one thing I know about this year is it is the first year in at least three years that I felt empowered enough to even speak. I've been speaking on a ministerial level, and that's actually a pretty broad statement because I am an ordained minister technically, I was ordained by my mother 10 years ago who is now on the other side beyond the veil and I trust she is guiding me but my favorite form of speaking really came in the form of meditations which I did what I call streaming in the old days it was called channeling which is get into a meditative state close my eyes And record whatever came through from beyond the veil. I believe they were empowered messages coming through me to help people. 30 years ago, and actually coming up on 31 years, I was still doing more drugs and alcohol than anybody could possibly imagine. If I didn't put it in a needle, I didn't consider myself an addict. And since I didn't shoot up, I didn't call myself an addict. But believe me, I was an addict and addicted to everything. Sex, alcohol, drugs, attention, people. People can say, how can you be addicted to people? Well, codependency is one of the greatest addictions of all times, which at some point I will discuss that in a podcast. I have written a manuscript that will be published called The Soul of an Addict, and that manuscript is all about every type of addiction lumped into one big, huge category, which is to find something to fill the hole in our soul. And we'll all seek something. Some people will seek food, porn, booze, drugs, and other people. Spending, it doesn't matter. It comes in many, many faces. The ego slash addict within us will drive us to places that cause us to do that. I didn't have an easy life as a kid. I think a lot of people didn't have an easy life as a kid. But instead of being in a place where I moved through it, I found a way to escape it and to also succeed, which was actually extremely dangerous. Nothing is worse than a functioning addict. It takes us a really long time to realize we have a problem. I bring this up now because I can't count the New Year's days that I woke up with the worst hangovers on the planet. Vowing to stop or vowing to do less or vowing not to add this drug with that drink Persuading myself to not give up using, but to mediate it by doing some kind of negotiating with myself. I've been sober for 30 years, and I consider myself recovered. A lot of my beliefs would not resonate with typical AA, although I do believe that Soul of an Addict and AA can dovetail together As long as the language is empowered, the one thing that is the mantra of soul of an addict is empowered to change, empowered to choose. The more I studied spirituality and the more doors I opened, the more I realized that I needed to be empowered. I didn't want to get up every day and say I was powerless over my addiction. Because my divine higher self was not powerless over my addiction. My human self was powerless when I was using. But the me that I know is connected to divine DNA, which is our spiritual self, is not powerless. It's anything but powerless. It's empowered to choose. It's empowered to change. We still, as individual human beings, make choices, and some of them are bad And I've made many, many, many bad choices. And I can't say that all of my choices were great once I was sober. As I tell some people, you know what? You can move the addiction away from the addict, and the addict can still be a jerk. If the addict themselves don't grow as a being, then they just basically are acting out in a different form of behavior that is connected without the addiction or they'll cross over and find another addiction that's virtuous. I considered my addiction virtuous when it was about helping people because I still do spiritual counseling. There came a time where my spiritual counseling was taking over, and it was taking over to such a degree that I was not moving forward on some of the things that I meant to do. It was easy to escape in other people's things because I do believe that I can help people with some of the wisdom that I have, that I've garnered over the years of not sobriety, even though that's part of it, it's a huge part of it, but spirituality. And I don't mean religion at all. They're two completely different things, religion and spirituality. Can they dovetail? Yep, they can dovetail. They typically don't, though, if someone is super religious, because there is a series of rules you and generally they're based on the bible. I do have an intention to put together the podcast where we discuss many, many different aspects about what I believe the bible is and is not, but I'm going to tell you right now that my brand of spirituality is very very diverse. I'm sitting in my sacred space right now which is my office and my study and as I scan around the room I have a Jesus statue. I have a Buddha statue. I have a statue we call Bujis, which is Jesus sitting in the lotus position. I have several Eastern mysticism type statues, deities. I have a lot of Native American spiritual symbols that are my own totems. This room is filled with every practical form of spirituality you can imagine. I laughed with my clients and say, I've got all my bases covered just in case there's a hell, which I don't believe in. I do believe that there is karma, and I do believe that we will suffer that karma in some form or another on this planet or another one at some point in time if we don't do what we came here to do, master the ego and banish the addict. New Year's is one of the most powerful times to make choices, to alter the trajectory of a dark path and make choices that can really put us where we want to be. There are only two times of the year that we have this kind of energy. And I mean spiritual, cosmic energy that is lifting us where we want to be. And strangely enough, this has been one crazy two months energetically. For those people who follow energy, and I'm not going to get into it because I'm not an expert, although I do follow things that I do believe impact me, and I will be putting on something that has to do with mercury retrogrades because it's a huge impact on people. But we've been in a Mercury retrograde. We had a super moon. We went into a Mercury retrograde in December on a super moon. We went all the way through the retrograde going direct. And New Year's just ended, New Year's Day, on a full moon while we're still in the shadow of the retrograde, which will end in a few days. It's been tough energy, but it's been powerful energy. It's life and death energy. Sometimes that means literally a lot of people pass away during this time of the year. They do it because it's like a highway to the other side. The veil is parted. And if people are in a place where they absolutely are not going to do their path, then they may choose to leave. That doesn't mean that suicide is an option because it is not. It is the worst possible option ever. I always tell my clients, especially addicts who think it's just going to be easy to just overdose and go to sleep and wake up in a different world, you never get away from the challenges you came here to overcome. You never do. You'll do them again. You'll come back and you'll do them again. So there's a karma attached to suicide that's a A whole different conversation I'm not going to get into today because I want this to be about empowerment, even though it's empowering to know that if you choose to take that particular path, you're going to come back and do this again, only worse. And then you're going to have to suffer all the pain you caused all the people for making a choice to commit suicide. That's why I say it's not an option. Yes, people can still go do it. But what I mean is if you're trying to get away from your problems... It's the last thing you want to do. There's no way around them. There's only a way through them. And there's a billion quotes out there that will tell you that you have to go through the challenges. We came here in order to grow as a soul and to master what our purpose is, to discover what it is, and then to do it. And it's really, really crucial that we figure out how we use what is our gift to help the world in some way, even if that's helping one person. If you help one person, then you've changed the energy of the planet. If you hurt one person, you have changed the energy of the planet. So being able to clean the slate is pretty crucial. And the fact that the universe and all the divine beings that live in it give us the opportunity to create a new life on New Year's Day and on our birthday is pretty awesome. It's a do-over. It doesn't mean that you get to just scrap what's happened that's negative. It means there's tools that can help you erase or make amends for or redo or fix the things that you did wrong. And then start the fire inside Ignite the passion to do the things you're supposed to do, that you came here to do. Because your life affects somebody else. I don't care who you are. Even if you live alone and you don't have a partner and you don't have children and you don't have grandchildren, you don't have any siblings or parents, you impact the world. By the way you walk down the street, by the way you look in somebody's eyes, by whether you smile or not. Around us is an energy field. And everywhere we go, we leave a part of us. And that energy field can either be dark or it can be light. And it's all determined by the choices that we make. New Year's is a critical time for change, to be empowered to change. And, be, and to be empowered to change, you have to be empowered to choose how you're going to change. When I was speaking at Key regularly, Key to Life Center, which was our spiritual center, which is currently on a hiatus, um, there may be a time that we will put it back together. Um, but until that time, you've got me as much as I can give you and my husband, Chris, who will be editing and making sure that by the time you hear whatever is coming through makes sense, technically. But it's important to know that 10 years of speaking, I've always used quotes. I think it establishes a point of reference where some people may remember nothing of what I've said, but they'll remember the quote. And that's a really important thing. Because even if one line runs through your head over and over and over and helps you find the energy or the will or the commitment to change in the way you need to, then that's what matters most. One of my favorite things I'll get back to explaining was doing meditations. I had a counselor when I went through treatment over 30 years ago who saved my life. She was one of the most amazing human beings in the world. She had a very diverse plan on recovery. Anything that helped you be sober was awesome. If it didn't hurt anybody else and you weren't using, then do it. We had to read out of meditation books, just little short, one day at a time meditation books. She called on me often to read. I don't know if it was because she liked my voice or she felt something or she saw something. But at first I didn't want to do it I wasn't super into connecting with other people. I was very isolated. I was still in a huge place of shame and fear. But I started reading out of the books and people would comment on how peaceful it was for them. And then gradually I started doing the streaming meditations, which were the ones that were given through me, through what I call the voice of my soul. We all have a voice of our soul. It's the most powerful voice on the planet, in the universe, in spirit. And it's talking to us all the time. We're just not hearing it because we're inundated with distractions and addictions and too much earthbound negativity. But the voice of the soul is constantly trying to raise us up to a place where we hear with depth and meaning. Sometimes it's just a feeling inside. It's not something in our head. For me, I was blessed with being able to actually write a form of typing in those days because there weren't computers so much. I would use a selectric typewriter. I'd roll in a piece of paper. I'd close my eyes. And for 20 minutes straight, I would just write. I did a little bit of editing for typographical reasons and grammar reasons but the chunk of everything that came through was through a divine place that I had no control over they called me an instrument and they used my voice as the instrument they still do and I'm still equally as honored I do personalized meditations for my clients and I do general meditations when I do bigger speaking engagements I hope to leave meditations that will parallel the message, like when you finish listening to this New Year's streaming, the voice of the soul speaking through me as an instrument to communicate to you, there'll be a meditation. There may be two. I have many, many short meditations that are 10 minutes long and several that are from seminars that are an hour long I will include those in the podcasts along with the actual communication and that's something that you can download on any kind of a device and go to sleep too Um, if you listen to it awake awesome if you can't keep your eyes open just let go and fall asleep things happen in our sleep that are difficult to explain that are incredibly healing And a meditation is actually a divine message that is coming to you on some level. If your intellect or your humanness is blocking it, then the powers that be will literally knock you out and help you go to sleep. For people who have insomnia, oftentimes the meditations will help them sleep. So many meditations are to come. This is a new project for us, so it may take a little time. But for now, all I would like you to do is listen to it, put it on a device that you can re-listen to it. And for the next few months, the podcasts will be free and the meditations will be free. So feel free to share them and please follow us for that helps how we end up in a position on our podcast site so people can find us. So back to the topic. Here we go. This quote's pretty clear and pretty succinct. We open a book and its pages are blank. We will put words on those pages. The book is called Opportunity and its first chapter is New Year's Day. It's by a person named Edith Lovejoy Pierce. I love that quote. It's really important to realize that every single New Year's. We have a clean slate. And we open that blank page and we write down our commitments. We have a New Year's ritual. That For my clients, I actually have written out it's several pages long, but the bottom line is is you write down everything you want to surrender from last year. Everything. Fears, things you can't explain that are kind of nebulous, um, thoughts, feelings, people, people who upset you, people you're too obsessed about, um, people you love, but people that you know you need to keep at a distance, um, failures that you think are failures, opportunities that collapsed, uh, behaviors that you know are not right that you want out of your life. Just take a blank sheet of paper and write down everything you want to let go of for the last year then you burn it you take it outside somewhere safe not where there's any type of starting any wildfires we use a beautiful clay pot that was made by an amazing artist who back in the olden days when we had a gift shop her name was judy Klein, and it's just this amazing pot that looks like dragons and um just the symbology of it in the pot itself is breathtaking. So we take our sheet of what we want to release and write over the top of it, I love, bless, and release this. And you can write, Thank you, God, or Thank you, Great Spirit, or Thank you, Jesus, or or Thank you, Mary, or Thank you, anybody. It doesn't matter. Don't thank anybody. Just say, I love, bless, and release this. Crumple it up, throw it in a pot or something flammable. You can do it in a fireplace in the house. I shouldn't say something flammable. I mean something that can handle something flammable. If you have sage, dried sage, Native American sage, not the kind that you would cook with, you can throw some sage on it, or sweet grass, or other types of uh, purifying dried plants, and then you light it. And when you light it, you see the smoke going up into the heavens. And as it's going away, the paper is burning, the smoke's going up into the heavens, and you're releasing all the things from the previous year. Then you take a more permanent journal, and you write down your aspirations. I always do it in a form of gratitude, that I give thanks, that I'm healthier, and I take better care of my body. I give thanks that my grandchildren, my daughter, her husband, my son, my husband, and all of our loved ones are blessed and safe. And then everything goes along those lines. I give thanks that I have the power to commit to the things that I need to do. I give thanks that I remove the fears that block my commitments to do the things I'm supposed to do, that type of thing. But you can do it however you want to. I usually tell people, start with your physical goals, then more of your material goals, and lastly, write down what your commitments are to your spiritual growth, because without those, we are dead in the water, and um, it's really easy to leave those last, especially in the world climate and the culture that we live in. So you put your spiritual goals in a really powerful and prominent end of your commitments. I give thanks that I will be empowered to spiritually grow in whatever way I am guided. I give thanks that the voice of my soul is leading my path. I give thanks for the blessings that open the door to my spiritual attunement. It's that type of thing. You can make up your own because your voice of your soul will know exactly what you should say. We call the voice of our soul the third voice usually because it's the third voice we listen to. Our ego and addict is pretty strong, so it's the first voice. The second voice is the mediator, it's the personality, it's me, it's you, talking to each other. And then the third voice, which is the divine voice, voice of the soul. So what it's trying to tell you is what you need to do. The opportunity in the first chapter is New Year's Day. Now, since it's already the second, and I intended to get this to you on New Year's Eve, you could have already done your partying and already suffered through your hangover yesterday. It will be my hope for you that next year you will wake up with a clean consciousness. It makes a difference in how the energy flows for the next year. I used to tell people, you know, it's one of the most important days of our life every year, as is our birthday, and both of those days we generally go out And get absolutely wasted. Or we stay in and get wasted. But we party. We're really deep down inside. There's a part of us that wants to be alone. That wants us to use the energy to grow and to become empowered. You can do it with one person. You can do it with more than one person. You can have your New Year's gatherings be about something spiritual. As long as you have friends of like mind. You can still go out into bars and places that you party and celebrate and toast. You just have to be really careful how much you drink. I'm not one of those people who believes that no one should ever drink. In a perfect world, none of us would do anything that would alter our consciousness chemically. Because whenever we use any kind of drugs or alcohol, we alter our ability to be an antenna. We are an antenna to the other side. It's constantly sending information and we have to receive it as a clear antenna. If we wake up with a hangover, we're drugged out, we're hammered, we're hungover, our antenna is pointing to the ground. And so then what happens? We're picking up earth energy, negative energy, other people who are hammered, and we feel heavy and sad and alone. Or we feel like we've failed. Like here I go again. Another year started with a hangover. Truly, hangovers are not the right energy to start your year. If it's too late and you've already done that, then just make a commitment to yourself that you're not going to do that again. And make a commitment to the powers that be and to your soul itself that this year will be different. You'll become empowered to make choices that by the next new year, your slate will be clean. Clean slates don't mean you're not going to have challenges. This has been the worst two years of my life. The worst two years, and I've gone through a lot. Those who know me would say, you're kidding. You mean you had another worst two years? When does it stop? I don't know when it stops. All I know is I keep giving thanks that they will guide me through Whatever I need to be and whatever I need to do so that my life can be filled with joy and happiness and I can do what I meant to do. And hopefully, the last two years of intense challenges are the last really big, big challenges I need to endure. I have a severely handicapped son who has hospital level care at home. He's 24. It's been life and death with him for 24 years. Sometimes my greatest gratitude is that he is still with me. It's the only thing I can grab a hold of when my life gets difficult is that he's still here. My husband, well, we've had our challenges, and I don't BS people. I'm pretty clear about the fact that my challenges are like anybody else's challenges, and I don't have any magic wand that's going to take them away. What I have is the spiritual consciousness that guides me to forgive, to let go, to move on, to create boundaries, to move people out of my life, to invite people into my life. The voice of my soul is the one thing that keeps me alive and moving. However, the last two years I have been taxed to the limit, both fingers in my ears, swearing at God and the universe. Because you know what? Sometimes you just do. Is it blasphemous? I don't believe it's blasphemous because the God I believe in and Jesus and Mary, and they're pretty powerful beings and they can understand if I swear at them because I'm bummed out or ticked off about life. So it's up to me to ask for the help to change it. There's an old belief system in metaphysics. It says that which you fear you bring upon you. Well, sometimes I believe that's true. And sometimes I believe that's absolutely BS. Because our soul had a job to do when it came here. And we were supposed to grow. And sometimes really negative things happen to us because it turns us into who we're supposed to be it helps us realize that there's more to us that we came here to do. And if we don't open our mind to that, sometimes our world gets rocked. So we'll dig deeper and find out who we really are. This is a quote by a guy named Michael Altshuler. The bad news is time flies. The good news is you're the pilot. I can't say how many times I've said, wow, time is just flying. But if I'm the pilot, then I can navigate that time however I want. I won't say I haven't um, wallowed in self-pity and anger this last couple of years because I have. I've had moments of feeling truly watched over and truly guided and have met Absolutely some of the most remarkable trauma therapists in the entire country. And through the pain that I endured, two individuals in particular who I believe are here to change the world crossed my path and in so doing have taught me so much more than I thought I already knew and also gave me resources to share with my own clients So would I erase the last two years to not have met these two people? I don't think so. I'm crawling out of my own traumas, or I wouldn't be speaking right now. And the reason I'm bringing him up is because my New Year's, New Year's Eve was spent writing down everything that I was grateful for surrendering, giving thanks for the negativity and what I learned giving thanks that I survived the pain so that I could turn around and find a way to reach out and rediscover why I'm here and what I can share with the world in some way. I'm going to be really honest about who I am because I don't intend to BS anybody. What I share, I share because these are my life experiences. My spirituality has saved my life more than one time that's what i like to share in hope that i can give you tools that will make a difference to you so that you don't feel powerless you cannot be powerless if you're connected to your spirituality that's like calling god powerless or jesus powerless or the great mother mary powerless or the great protector michael powerless or any of the other deities that you believe in great spirits, powerless. Well, great spirits, not powerless. The world's not powerless. We are not powerless. The object of a new year is not that we should have a new year. It is that we should have a new commitment to listening to our soul. That is by my absolute favorite unknown. Some of the most amazing quotes are unknown authors. I'm going to read that again because this is totally true for me and I believe it's probably totally true for most people depending on what kind of a year you had that the object of a new year is not that we should have a new year. It's that we should have a new commitment to listening to our soul. As we find the tools and we navigate life and we listen to our soul, changes can happen. And where we fit in everything that happens, from relationships to careers to children to grandchildren to not having children to partnerships to spirituality to religion, to everything that concerns us, our soul is waiting to guide us. You just have to listen. And that's not the easy part. Listening comes in many forms, but if listening to me right now touches your soul in some way, or if the meditation that you're going to listen to after you listen to me right now touches your soul in some way, then your soul has taken you here. Somehow your soul guided you to this podcast and said, listen to it, listen to it and find something. Doesn't have to be everything, just something. I tell my clients and anybody else I know that I have some amazing books. This room I'm sitting in right now has some books that are several hundred years old that spoke of the spirituality that some people claim that they have uh, created in the last 10, 20, 30, 40 years, which was really created thousands of years ago, but started to be published. A few hundred years ago, a lot of it in England, I haven't read all of them. I've read most of them. And some of the books I love, 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 I'll read them, and I'll go, "God, that is totally my Bible." Because the Bible basically means a papyrus that specializes in some form of wisdom. It doesn't mean what you've been taught the Bible means. Just look up the definition of Bible, and that'll help you out. So there are all my Bibles although some of them I don't like the passages. In other words, I might read through a book and go, God, I love this book, and I'll get like four chapters at the end and go, damn it, I don't like this. So the voice of my soul will say, Lenny, take what works for you and discard the rest. Just take what works for you and let go, because all authors are streaming channels. They're instruments. They're bringing information in, most authors. Most authors. I should say, most spiritual authors. Now, since we're all human, we may be peppering our own humanity or lack of humanity in our writing. And so, tune that out. Take what works that's divine and let go of the rest. Just make sure you're not letting go of stuff because your ego is trying to keep you away from things you need to know. And the voice of your soul will guide you to that. Whether we want them or not, the new year will bring new challenges. Whether we seize them or not, the new year will bring new opportunities. That's by a person named Michael Josephson. So yeah, new year is going to bring new challenges, but it's also going to bring us new opportunities. The most important thing is to be divinely connected to some form of spirituality that talks to your soul and that your soul can talk to so that you can be guided The whole goal is to connect to the divine wisdom within you that is connected to the divine voice that is guiding you so that you can seize opportunities and make them grow and so you can do battle with and get rid of challenges. Sometimes we have to fight them head on like we're going right into a war. And other times we have to surrender And we have to know which one and it's wisdom that guides that, which of course brings you to the serenity prayer, which I have a whole podcast on, so I'm not going to get into it now. But the power to choose between whether you surrender or whether you have the courage to change or fight, that wisdom is in your soul. So seeking the wisdom is how you figure out whether you fight or you surrender. A lot of people find it really easy to say, oh, I'm just going to let go and let God. Um, Sometimes that absolutely is weak. Sometimes it's the most powerful thing we can do, but a lot of people sit on that. I'm just letting go and letting God. While the world crumbles around them, they take no action. The power energy of God gave us a brain, and it gave us ability to choose And it gave us all the things that we need in order to make this life work. It didn't say, I'm going to do it for you. It said, here's the tools. Now, sometimes you have to let go. But if you're laying on the couch watching TV and wondering why life hasn't changed, or you spend uh, hours and hours and hours on Facebook to see who brushed their teeth at what time, that's going to be a problem. Because the tools of letting go and letting God doesn't mean you disappear in things that make you not think. It means that you let go and you take action on the intuitive process the voice of your soul is sending you. Shut off the computer. Shut off the TV. Shut off external noise. And write or read. And yes, sometimes technology is great. If it wasn't, I wouldn't be speaking to you right now. But listening to a spiritually inspiring podcast, be it this one or another one, is a little different than spending four hours on Facebook. Facebook does some wonderful things, even sending people to podcasts like this. But for the most part, there's a lot of empty space and time and escape. So choose how you use it. So, the first step in the new year to be able to truly make a difference in moving forward, by again, my favorite author, Unknown. A new year is the perfect time to get unnecessary people out of your life. It can't be any more clear than that. Unnecessary people out of your life. Who are unnecessary people? Unnecessary people are people who don't honor who you are, who make you feel small, who hurt you, who control you in negative ways, not because they're protecting you or trying to protect you, but because they just want to control you. Relationships that are perpetually negative. And anybody else who takes any part of you And diminishes it repeatedly. And no matter how hard you try, you can't reach a common ground where you feel positive connection with that person. Perfect time to get someone out of your life. Letting go means to come to the realization that some people are a part of your history, but not a part of your destiny. That's by a man named Steve Marabali. I love this quote. It helps with those painful relationships that end. That no matter how we plead with the universe or God or whatever you call it, and beg for a relationship to work. There's a great Garth Brooks line in a song. And no, I don't listen to Garth Brooks. My husband does, but um, I don't. And I'm sure he's great, but... Country isn't my first choice. No offense to anybody who's country. It, I know it has great lyrics and it can be fun. But the line is, sometimes God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Well, I used to pray for certain relationships to work out. Pray, pray, pray. Please make this work out. Oh, please. I so want him in my life. Oh, please. Oh, please. Oh, please. And thank God that God made sure that person was not in my life and my prayers were, were not answered. It was a gift that many of my prayers were not answered. So letting go means to come to the realization that some people are a part of our history but not a part of our destiny So if we've met somebody that we thought, oh, that's my soulmate, I love that person, they're so going to be in my life, whether it's a friendship or a partnership, yeah, they were part of your history. You met them, they impacted you, you impacted them, but something bigger and greater is in store for you. You achieve the wisdom to move forward when you no longer blame your problems or your challenges on anyone else. Regardless of what has happened or how you realize that you control your own response and your own destiny Helena Royce In other words People can do some pretty rotten things to us Damaging horrifying traumatic things that we may think we can never survive But we have to come to a point where the deep inner wisdom in us says that person did that thing to me and I had no control over their choice, but I have control over mine, over my choice and that choice to stay, to go, to retaliate, to be at peace. That's my choice, my response and my destiny. It's a really important thing. You can hang on to difficulties and pain and suffering and ultimately it's hurting you. The other person is not affected by our pain. You hope on some level that they at least realize it so they can make some kind of an amends for it. But some people aren't going to. They're too selfish. They're too stuck in their addictions. They're not going to. So our response has to be to ourselves and where we're going to go and how we're going to grow and heal. This quote's by Isabel Lopez. I eventually came to understand that in harboring anger, bitterness and resentment towards those that hurt me, gave them control over me. Forgiving was not about accepting their words and their deeds. Forgiving was about letting go and moving on with my life. In doing so, I had finally set myself free. When we let go of the pain that someone has caused in our life, we set ourselves free. When we let go of the bitterness, the anger, the resentment, we let go of the dark energy that attaches us like an umbilical cord to someone who needs to be out of our life so the second we cut that cord and say i love bless and release you and that doesn't mean spiritual physical love that means spiritual love in other words you're sending them off to a spiritual place i release you you're freeing yourself Nothing in life is to be feared. It is only to be understood. And now is a time to understand more so that we can fear less. Marie Curie. Fear is a weird word because there's nothing in it. There's no substance. Fear is a thought. It's a past memory or a future projection but it rarely is present in our here and now. So if we come to the point that we understand that fear is not happening this very second, no matter how bad the news is, no matter matter how bad the events are that we hear about, they're not happening in our room at this second. They're happening in our mind because we're reading about them. In which case, shut off the TV, honestly. Our country And the news that it is, I would like to say puking all over us, which is actually what's happening, um, needs to just stop. And it won't stop. So we have to stop. We have to stop listening. We can tune in once in a while to see what the headlines are and then tune out. And then send everything a great big blast of light from your heart center or encapsulate it in a bubble and send it off into space. People see him in a bubble sent off to space, politics in a bubble sent off into space. Here's my problem with the news. We get the news over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And because we are in a state that I don't remember since I was born of negativity on this planet, it's just repeating the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. I would love somebody to come out and tell us how to fix it. They can give us the news, but then tell us how to fix it. Okay. You viewers out there, this is what's going on. Now here's five things you can do to help fix it. You can donate over here. You can write a letter there. You can volunteer to do this. It's just all constant negativity. So we have to choose to get it out of our life so that we don't have to be afraid. We can move it. There's so much more to understand. And the more we understand, the less we fear. And understanding, I mean spiritual understanding. If there is a power and a greatness that is watching over us, that is actually protecting us, then what are we afraid of? What we're hearing on the news, Yep. So if you can't find a news channel that occasionally gives you an update, and I mean occasionally, with some kind of action you can take, then choose to minimize, and I mean minimize, minimize, minimize your access to the news and especially the gossipy contact with the news. Fear is a manipulative emotion that can trick us into living a boring life. That's by Donald Miller. A manipulative emotion that can trick us into living a boring life. Why do you think that is? Why boring? Because we start off this amazing new year with this incredible new energy, but we're afraid. We're afraid to step out. We're afraid to do what our calling is. We're afraid to even hear what the calling is. We're too busy beating ourselves up because we didn't act sooner or because we're wallowing around in the negativity of the news, or we're in a huge self-pity mode where we just let it happen over and over and over and over and over again to where we just say, never mind, I'm going to do that tomorrow. Complacency sets in. And to me, complacency is flatlining. I call it flatlining because it's next to death. It really is. If we go flatline, we are really about to die. And complacency looks like comfort. But there's a great quote that says, it's a small step from comfort to complacency. We have a right to be comfortable. But when we become complacent, where we choose not to act, we choose not to be empowered, we choose not to change, we are flatlining. And people wonder why they're bored How much TV can you watch? I don't know. There was 48 hours of Twilight Zone on this week, and I think I watched four episodes. And I was like, are you kidding? I watched four episodes of Twilight Zone while I laid on my couch and fell asleep. It was awesome for me because I rarely get to sleep a lot because of Taylor. But I wouldn't have a steady diet of that kind of TV watching because that's absolutely boring. And you wake up feeling like you have a TV hangover, whether you drink or not. It's the energy of doing nothing. The energy of doing nothing can give you a hangover. And it stops us from moving. And fear does that a lot. says, okay, we can't change anything out there, so let's do something super boring, because then we're safe. Well, we're not ever safe from our soul path. It will continue to call, push, pull, create, sometimes devastate our world so we'll make the changes that we came here to make. But we have to listen and move. Our need to control will eventually cause us fear, anxiety, and pain. If we surrender to the truth that our divine creator is truly in charge, we can trust the journey wherever it leads. Helena Royce. I'm more of a controlling person, as most people know. And the people that know me that are listening to this are probably going to go, (laughs) ha (gasps) ha ha, yes, we know. I'm not proud of being a controller. People who are afraid, and usually people who end up in a position of having to um, grow up too fast because they didn't feel safe as a child, they typically end up being a controller. And it's usually older children who have younger siblings. And not a lot of support. At least that's what you think. So you start controlling everything around you because you think that's how you feel safe. You control people, you control situations, and really you can't control anything. It's temporary and it doesn't really matter. But it causes us fear, anxiety, and pain because we can't really control. What we need to do is surrender to the fact that there is a divine creator. However you define that, I don't care. You don't have to call it God. You really don't. I went on a total agnostic rant for about 10 years where I didn't believe in anything. I just didn't. I was brought up with two very spiritual parents um, who ended up divorced, which was crushing. And I thought, okay, if they can end up divorced, then what the hell? Whatever they believe in must suck. But they weren't supposed to stay married. They both became really amazing people without each other. But as a kid, you don't look at it that way. As a kid, you look at it as, okay, well, those beliefs clearly don't work because look at the chaos that just happened. The truth is there's something that is in charge of our entire life and whatever you call it will guide you on your journey and you can trust it wherever it leads, even if it leads to pain because the pain will eventually pass and this too shall pass no matter what you're going through just remember that and this too shall pass because it does and then one day you wonder why it hurts so much because it does heal and it does go away spiritual growth involves giving up the stories of your past so the universe can write a new one that's Marianne Williamson. She's a great author. It's a great quote. Spiritual growth involves giving up the stories of your past so the universe can write a new one. So many people want to talk about their past, their pain, their challenges over and over and over and over and over again. If you don't let go of those, they just keep you in the Past, dark, non-growth, complacent, escaping place. Purgatory. That's where it keeps you, in purgatory. Sometimes it keeps you in hell, but you're choosing it. You're choosing it by living in the past. Your greatness is revealed not by the lights that shine upon you, but by the light that shines within you. That was written by Ray Davis. How many famous people are out there with light shining on them? They have all the attention. They have all the money. They have everything. Or so it seems. But that isn't greatness. The greatness is the light that is within the people that take the step to use whatever power, strength, wisdom, gift instrument they can there are wealthy famous people who have changed the world in a beautiful way because they have committed to using their wealth to help humankind there are those that use it strictly for their ego and there are those who use it because they know it is their purpose to have it they were gifted the ability to make money and succeed and to be in front of people so they can make a difference in the world. And those people have true greatness because the light is shining from within. Your soul knows the geography of your destiny. Your soul alone has the map of your future. Therefore, you can trust this indirect, oblique side of yourself. If you do, it will take you where you are meant to be. That's by a man named John O'Donohue. Your soul knows the geography of your destiny. Your soul has the map of your future. So if you trust this oblique side of yourself, it will take you where you're meant to be. With everything that has happened to me in the last couple of years, If it weren't for the voice of my soul who kept telling me to get up, to live another day, to know that I wasn't done, to know that I wasn't going to be crushed, to know that I had a light in me that still needed to shine, I don't know where I'd be. Sometimes that voice would speak to me when I had both fingers in my ears, crying my eyes out, or screaming and yelling, throwing tantrums at the universe for my pain, but somehow, not such a still, small voice, but an empowered, amazing, gifted, soul voice guided me, dragged me sometimes, but guided me where I needed to be. Sometimes in sheer desperation, that voice would guide me to a book or to some messenger To a couple of amazing trauma therapists, the voice of my soul would randomly, but not so randomly, take me where I needed to be. It will never fail us. We fail it by not listening, but it doesn't judge us. It waits. It waits and it says, I'm still here and I'm not going anywhere. So you will eventually listen to me or I will keep picking you up until you're done falling down. But I don't want to fall down anymore. I don't want to make the wrong decisions. I don't want to curl up in a ball and say I don't dare move because if I make a decision it's going to be wrong. I'm going to do the best I can, and I mean that in a committed way, to listen to the voice of my soul and to act. Because letting go and letting God means acting on what God gives you to act on. Act, move, commit, act. If we don't act on what we're given as a gift, then what's the point? I don't want to come back here and do this all over again. I want to get it right. And in order to get it right, I have to move on the voice that's in my soul. I believe life is constantly testing us for our level of commitment, and life's greatest rewards are reserved for those who demonstrate a never-ending commitment to act until they achieve. Anthony Robbins. I mean, think about that. I believe life is constantly testing us for our level of commitment and life's greatest rewards are reserved for those who demonstrate a never ending commitment to act until they achieve. There is a plethora of stories out there about famous people who failed over and over and over again before they achieved success. What if they would have stopped? We have to keep acting. And sometimes it's acting as if, and other times it's actually taking action. The word to act, to take action. Whatever it is. Because the greatest rewards are reserved for those who keep moving, keep getting up. Despite of the pain, in spite of the frustration, in spite of the fear, in spite of the sadness, in spite of the loneliness, in spite of all the dark things, they get up. And they keep moving. And they're the ones who have the wisdom. I've said this a million times. I can't receive wisdom for someone who has not had a rocky path. I cannot. It's in me to search books and people and situations and movies and anything that has something that can help me feel empowered as a being. If an author has had no challenges whatsoever and they've had kind of a fluffy, no-challenge life, I can't receive wisdom because I need to know they got through the hell that they crawled on their hands and their knees through the burning coals until they could stand and run into the water and cool off and find light. How can someone guide me who hasn't been there? I honestly used to ask the divine beings why they chose me as an instrument to speak to people and to create meditations Why did they choose me? I was crazy. I was egocentric. I was an alcoholic. I was a drug addict as a sex addict. I was a maniac and everything was about what I had and how I looked. Why did they choose me? Well, I lost almost all of those things more than once and suffered a lot Because my ego was in charge and that's what I chose. And one day, as I was doing the work that I believe I'm called to do, I asked them, why did you choose me? I'm not a nun. I'm not some spiritually graced, absolutely up on a pedestal, flawless individual. In fact, I'm about as flawed as you get. And the answer was, we chose you because you have been there. Because you have been in so many dark places and crawled out, because you have experience in negativity, in challenges, in loss, in pain physical, mental, emotional, personal pain that not one person who will be drawn to you will be in a place where you can judge them because you will have done it all. All the negativity. And you will have survived it. That's why we chose you. So, one more challenge, one more lesson is one more gift in my toolbox. But now I want my toolbox to be full, and I'll just add one little one here and there easier. That's what I'm asking for them now, just easy tests for my tools. So if you've gone through a lot of shit in your life, and pardon me, but that's what I have to do is swear once in a while, and you're going through it now, give thanks for it. Because it is a gift ready to be transmuted. Transmuted from the pain into your purpose. I have great respect for the Native American spirituality as I know it through a lot of teachings. One of my favorite authors is Jamie Sams. She did the medicine cards and the sacred path cards, which are divination tools. They're beautiful cards. Um, similar to tarot, but not tarot, because tarot has some negativity attached to it. The medicine cards and the sacred path cards are beautiful divination tools that can speak to you. They can help you hear your soul, You just ask a question, you pull a card, and it guides you to an answer. It's very simple, it's very spiritual, it's very centered. And there's no question in my mind that she was spiritually guided as an instrument with the other people who helped her author the books that come with the cards. There are ways to do your totems. It's best if you use someone who is spiritually adept as a shaman, but if you can't, there's parts in her books that she can guide you one of my totems is a snake I hated snakes hated 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 snakes brought up in the mountains of Utah where there were rattlesnakes everything everywhere so my dad taught us to be afraid of snakes because he didn't want us to get struck Um, he had a jar of rattles from the snakes he would kill because they would attack the cattle when the cattle would come upon them Um, accidentally. They wouldn't attack him. They would protect themselves. He later felt really guilty about all the snakes he killed when we talked about how powerful a spiritual totem snakes are. When my mentor, who helped me do my totems, saw that I drew a snake and I recoiled, told me that it was an incredibly spiritual, shamanic totem and I needed to honor it. It was in the East the pathway to illumination, and yet my greatest challenges. And snake represents being able to suffer multiple venomous experiences in order to become the shaman. Multiple venomous experiences. In the old days, the shamans would have to go out into the wild, and they would be bit by snakes. And then they would dance until the venom went through their body, and if they died, of course, they weren't worthy of being a shaman. If they lived, then they, were, they had special insight and visions and were able to guide people. Fortunately, I didn't have to take those kind of venomous strikes. Mine were life experiences. I actually have symbols of my totems all over the room, and sitting about four feet away from my legs right now is about a 12-inch high iron rattlesnake which is the pathway to my illumination. That snake symbolizes every venomous, toxic, poison experience I have gone through in order to find my purpose, to transmute the toxins to my life's purpose. I always tell my clients when we're working with the animal totems, your most complicated and difficult totem will represent the pain that you will go through and transmute and once you transmute that pain you will find your purpose so ultimately your pain becomes your purpose so as the year ends and you look at the things that have happened from this year or any years prior Whatever has been the most difficult challenge that you were able to overcome became your purpose. And if it didn't yet, go back and revisit it just long enough to see what the lessons were. My mom used to say, give thanks for that. I'd say, I'm not giving thanks for that. Why would I give thanks for that when something really shitty would happen? Give thanks for it. There's a blessing in it. It blew my mind how many times she could say, give thanks for it. She had a harder time doing that later in her own life because she was in a lot of pain, but it stuck with me forever to give thanks. In all things, give thanks. Well, it takes me a while. I'm not going to tell you as soon as something awful happens to me. I go, oh, cool, thanks. Nope. I get a little belligerent, and I wonder why me, and I go through all those processes everybody else does, and then I arrive at the point where I see my snake looking back at me and I realize that venomous, toxic experience can now be transmuted to another tool in my toolbox so that my pain can be my purpose to help someone else. Every single person on this planet has the same ability to transmute their pain to their purpose. And every lesson and challenge we go through is an opportunity to grow, and to become a teacher or a healer for someone else. Change is the essence of life. Be willing to surrender what you are for what you could become. That was by Reinhold Niebuhr, who wrote the Serenity Prayer. Change is the essence of life. Be willing to surrender what you are for what you can become we oftentimes think we've created this us that we want to be how we're perceived in the world Um, I definitely came from that karmic path how do you look you know how what do you wear what do you drive what do you live in Um, how important are you do people know who you are blah 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 Um, even though I think there is a place for that because it can give you a voice it's not what we're supposed to be as far as how it's not on this. It's not the superficial level of how we're projected into the world. What we are is what we give to the world. It's what the world sees is what the world picks up. It's what the people around us feel from us. You know what it feels like when you walk into a room and you're repelled by somebody and you just want to get away. Or someone walks into the room and you just glow knowing you're going to be able close to that person because they emanate a wonderful, beautiful energy. But if we've put ourselves in a box and said, this is who I am, and that's where I'm going, and especially if it's driven by the ego, because it looks good, it's attention getting, but it doesn't really have any depth. It's not going to take us anywhere except to more challenges. We have to surrender the part of us that we've hung on to that says, this is who I have to be in order to become who we're meant to be. That takes a little soul searching and definitely some soul voice listening. I would like to end with this one because I love it and I've used it a bunch of times. When you set an intention, when you commit to change the entire universe conspires to make it happen when you set an intention when you commit to change the entire universe conspires to make it happen there is a divine force in this universe that is guiding our life it's creating what's called divine network a divine network that opens all kinds of abilities for us to connect with other people and situations for our successes and our purpose. But we have to act. We have to commit. We have to listen to the voice in our soul because the universe is conspiring for us to manifest our highest destiny. Our guides, our guardians, the divine ones, they're all there saying, Hey, just act. Take one little step each day. Sometimes a vision might look too big to be able to bite it off and chew it up. In which case, take one step a day that's smaller. Make one phone call. Do one thing. Just do one thing. Take one step. Because each time you take a step, there's another step behind you that's left for someone else. And you'll realize eventually as you're climbing the steps, oh, look at all those steps I climbed. Wow, that's awesome. When you choose to take an action on something that is going to benefit humankind, the world, animals, the environment, um, other people, especially those who are in need, who can't do it themselves. When you choose to help another person and this world at large, There is a power that will radiate through you and you will become the instrument of light, of truth, of growth, of meaning. It's waiting for you to grab a hold of it. It's waiting for you. This is a clean slate. The clean slate time. Look at it. And start writing on it what you want to have happen. Taking in account that what you choose matters. Choose something that can bless mankind, humankind. If it's making a lot of money, then make a determination that you're going to give a lot of it away to help humankind who's less fortunate. The universe is conspiring to help you manifest your destiny. And today is the first day of your clean slate. There will be a meditation after this. I hope you'll listen to it. It will give you some guidance in the meditation on how you can surrender last year and embrace this year. I know we're coming into some really important and powerful times, and those who are the light bearers, the spiritual ones who want to grow and become the best soul they can, are being called. If you're listening to this podcast, you are being called. The slate is clean. Choose what you want to accomplish and act. Peace be with you peace.